But it means you shouldn't plow in another man's field. <laughs> so it is with marriage and adultery. You shouldn't plow in another man's field. Solomon shared truths that were close to home. For Solomon's own father, these kids that he was talking to, their grandfather David was an adulterer with Bathsheba. But also Solomon spoke from the pain of experience himself. Solomon was not guiltless in this. This is the word of the Lord through Solomon. But Solomon had a real woman problem, didn't he? In fact, I've never met anybody with the woman problem Solomon had. It says in the book of Kings that he had 700 wives. 700 wives! <laughs> and he had 300 concubines. These are gals that weren't his wife, girls he had sexual relations with. That's a thousand women. So he spoke from experience when he wrote these words. <laughs> Sexual sin has a long history. It goes all the way back from the beginning. In fact, that is why in the Ten Commandments it was stated, it was given to Moses for the children of Israel and for all mankind, you shall not commit adultery. And adultery was punishable under the law of Moses by stoning to death. Imagine if that law were in effect today. We'd have more funerals than you'd know what to do with, wouldn't you? You'd have piles of stones all throughout the landscape. I was reading a news article this last week that I kept in my files and I pulled it out. It's a news article from Pakistan. Stoning for adultery is still in effect in Pakistan. In fact, six people were pending trial and death by stoning for adultery in that country," said the article. In the USA Today, although stoning isn't in our country, adultery is. About a third, USA Today, of those who admitted to it, a third, 39 percent of men, 27 percent of the women who responded said they've had an extramarital affair. You know what I found? I found that this is one of the reasons people reject Christianity is because of what the Bible says about sex outside of marriage. You say, well, you, you can't be serious. Seriously. There's been more than one person that I've spoken to who said to me, I don't want to become a Christian because I want to have fun. I want to be able to sleep around. I know what the Bible says about premarital and extramarital sex. I think C.S. Lewis was right when he said, chastity is the most unpopular of all Christian virtues. Well, this morning, we don't have time to cover everything that's written here in chapters 5, 6, and 7, but we're going to poke around a little bit. And we want to look at the pursuit of sexual pleasure. The pursuit of sexual pleasure and then the pain of sexual promiscuity. And we'll cover the rest next week. Let's look at verses 1 through 3 of chapter 5, the pursuit of sexual passion. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end she is as bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. 
Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Now, don't think that Solomon was a sexist. He's talking about an immoral woman, and you find this theme throughout these chapters. Just remember, he's speaking to his son, and he uses the opposite sex because a young man would be enticed by the opposite sex. So he uses a woman. If he was talking to his daughters, no doubt, he would have reversed it. But here he's talking about an immoral woman. And it says in verse 3, The lips of an immoral woman drip honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil. Now what does that mean? Well, it could refer to simply the enticement, the excitement of a kiss. Those sparkly, shiny lips, the excitement that would come in kissing that other woman. But it could mean something entirely different. In fact, the Berkeley translation says of this verse, The lips of a loose woman drop honeyed words.